Hi there, I'm Stephanie Cicerelli and welcome to Mission Audition. We are so happy today to be talking about this topic. We are going to learn all about how to narrate for audiobooks and not just any audiobooks. These are audiobooks from far, far away, long time ago, once upon a time. We are looking at the medieval times and we are trying to create just the picture perfect audiobook for a child or anyone who needs to possibly fall asleep to this story to have a really great engaging experience with the narrator. So today, as you know, we're going to walk you through many auditions. In fact, there are seven today. And in these auditions, we're expecting to hear some fairy tale like voices, kind of like what we talked about earlier. It's kind of a medieval times sort of theme. And we want our voice actors, and that's all those people who audition for this, to go above and beyond to make this story engaging for a young audience. So before we get into it, what I'd love to do today is tell you a bit about our special guest. Today on our show, we have award-winning spoken word producer, voice actor, and coach Joe Lesh. Joe has produced over 500 audiobooks, voiced dozens of national commercial ads, audiobooks, corporate narrations, and cartoons for the Disney Channel. He produces the baby Looney Tunes soundbooks, and Joe also teaches voice acting online with voiceoverextra.com and in Nashville for Alan Dysert, the actor's school. All right, so all that said, I'd love for you now to meet the wonderful, the only Joe Lesh. Joe, welcome to Mission Audition. Thank you, Stephanie. It's good to see you. It's been a long time, and I'm glad to be here. Oh, my goodness. It has been a long time. So happy to see you too, Joe. And more excited than anything to share what you know with all of our amazing listeners out there and with the talent who have just so thoughtfully put together their auditions and really brought the script to life today. It's going to be fun. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. You, there's a lot of talented actors out there. At least I've got seven of them on this list today. Really looking forward to hearing them. But before we do, I want everyone to get to know you, Joe. So can you tell us more about just your story and why you love what you do so much? Sure. Um, well, actually, when I was a, a kid, I was a ventriloquist. And so while the other kids were out playing baseball, I was uh, home working with my dummies and coming up with voices. And so I was in the St. Louis area, born in the St. Louis area. And uh, I traveled all over Missouri with my dummy and uh, would perform anywhere that they'd put up with a kid with a smart aleck dummy. But eventually we moved to Los Angeles. And so later on, I traded in my dummy for a guitar. It worked out a lot better on dates. Uh, you know, you know, one smart remark from the dummy and the date was over. It was, it was all gone. So I, I played music uh, during high school and I uh, had a, a trio in high school. And we used to open for the Smothers Brothers at the Ice House. And I played with Karen and Richard Carpenter in the Hollywood Bowl in 1966. Uh, and that's back when we were all in high school before they knew that they were the Carpenters. Of course, they were the Carpenters, but they just didn't know it yet. Uh, wound up going to Vietnam, got to trade in my M60 machine gun for a guitar again. And then when I came back to the United States, uh, I was in a band on, on the road with uh, Solid Gold for years. And uh, we used to open for Waylon and Willie at the Golden Nugget and played on the rising stage at Disneyland. Uh, I'm going to move quickly, get me to Nashville, because I moved here in 81 to work for Loretta Lynn. So I worked for her for a few years, and I worked for Garth Brooks and Lou Harris. So I've, I've had a, a pretty good music career and writing songs at Coal Miners Music. And I got into advertising where I was um, the audio engineer and producer for an automotive syndicated advertising company. 
And there I produced over 30,000 radio and TV soundtracks for uh, car dealers throughout the United States and Canada. Uh, and that's when I started to do a lot of the voiceovers myself because sometimes somebody didn't show up or, or there were, uh, we were looking for particular characters and then I went back to my arsenal of characters that I had developed when I was a kid and I started going, getting back into that. And then I was doing on-camera promotions and a lot of acting. Um, during the 90s, I was on-camera spokesperson for Philips Magnavox. Now, I was putting together a soundtrack for Bobby Goldsboro, and he was um, an artist, a uh, country music artist from the early 70s. He was very popular. But later on, as his career wound down, he started writing scripts for the Disney Channel. So I was producing the soundtracks and recording all the characters. And uh, late one night, he said, do you know that uh, evangelistic praying mantis that uh, I had in here earlier? He didn't give me at all what I wanted. Where am I going to find an evangelistic praying mantis at this hour? And I said, yeah, the reverend mantis at your service. And he said, great, get in there and do that. And so that was the beginning of about 20 cartoons, no, 12 cartoons and 20 different voices. And I was just off and running and doing all kinds of character voice work. Um, I also worked for the PBS Kids, and um, I'm now producing the Baby Looney Tunes sound books. I produce all of uh, Dave Ramsey's audio. He's a financial guru who's gotten hundreds of thousands of people out of debt. And I do all of the character voice work for his children's books, Junior's Adventures. So I, I'm all the characters, the narrator, and... Uh, Every day is just an adventure. When I come upstairs, I say, who do I get to be today? And so I'm, I'm doing lots of different kinds of work from corporate narration for Boeing Aviation, Chevrolet, Coca-Cola. Yeah, I'm just having a ball. That is such an amazing story. Thank you for sharing, Joe. And I, I've heard you play the guitar. You're really good. Oh. <laughs> and also singing. So, uh, <laughs> but, you know, for everyone else to get to know you and to, to learn more about where you came from, I mean, a ventriloquist at first, like, is that a very common career route, would you say, for a voice actor? For a voice actor, I would say no. But, you know, it's, it's become quite popular. When I was a kid, I, I, I learned, uh, I got a book for, for Christmas from my mom and dad. It was uh, Paul Winchell's uh, Ventriloquism for Fun and Profit. And so that's really what got me into doing that sort of thing. And now I'm interested in possibly picking it back up. I, I still need the, a lot of practice with keeping my mouth shut and him talking and all that sort of thing. But I'm having fun with that. Wow. And for those of us who are unfamiliar with the name Paul Winchell, you'll know him as the voice of Tigger in Winnie the Pooh. That's some more history in the background there. You can check it out. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, we've had a, a great time here listening to what you've shared. And as you were talking about, you know, producing all these books and, and doing the voices of the characters, not just, you know, characters like in, in an animation where maybe you're just the voice of this one or that one. But in an audiobook, you are the narrator, you're the grasshopper, you're the whoever else might also be in that storyline. So um, thank you for bringing that perspective also to the show today, Joe, because we're going to need it. In this job, we have voice actors who need to play 
basically three roles in this audiobook. You have to be the narrator and you've got to be uh, another um, individual and, and you have to actually be a cow, which is interesting. So mm-hmm. I think we'll definitely hear what that sounds like from all of our, our wonderful auditioners today. Um, but for everybody, just so you know, this of course is an audiobook and and what we're looking for this narrator to do is, as I said, to perform both the narration and the dialogue for the short fairy tale. So the specs are young adult. So we're looking for voices that sound about 18 to 35. It could be a male or female voice. And we would like for this talent to have an English North American accent so that they be from Canada or the U.S. To share a bit more about this job, um, this is about uh, the White Knight, which does sound very medieval, doesn't it? So you've got a White Knight. Yes, it does. It does. It absolutely. So the White Knight is an original children's fairy tale, and it tells a story of a lonesome white knight tasked with standing guard over a wintry kingdom for many days and nights. Suddenly, one evening, he encounters a magical talking cow, Maria, or Mariah, I'm not sure, who has been separated from her herd. She decides to settle in the nearby valley, and over the course of four nights, the White Knight and Maria, or Mariah, we'll see what people do with that, keep each other company and become close friends who teach each other a valuable lesson. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really what storytelling's about, isn't it, Joe? Like, we're, we're all here to, to learn something and to impart something. It really is about storytelling because uh, as a voice actor, you are a storyteller, whether it's uh, an audiobook or a corporate narration or a commercial, you've got a story to tell. And so that's what I like to tell my students is that uh, you are becoming a storyteller. So to take them on that storyteller journey. And sometimes we're looking at, uh, I say, your rhythm's off or your rhythm's on. You know, all of, all of the narration has a rhythm to it. It's very similar to music. And, of course, it's been fortunate for me that I've had a music background because sometimes I'll sing a narration in order to make it kind of move or flow, you know, and before I actually record it. And that's, that tends to help me quite a bit, too. I like that. And just keep throwing those tips out there, Joe. Like anytime something comes to mind, we would all love to hear it. Make sure you've got your paper, your pen, your pencil, whatever it is you're taking notes with everybody. We are going to dive into these auditions. Um, Now, just a little more about the creative direction. Essentially, this voice actor should feel comfortable reading for three parts, the narrator, the White Knight's dialogue, and Maria, we'll call her Maria today, her dialogue. So what the skill really is that we're looking for here is separation. Someone needs to know how to make the narrator stand apart from the white knight and the white knight to not sound like Maria the cow. I hope that they have all, you know, done their homework on this and made up some cool voices for us to hear. No doubt they have. Um, So as we had mentioned before, the narration is for a fairy tale. It takes place within medieval times. But, and here's a little twist, it's targeted toward a young, modern audience. So playfulness and putting on a contemporary spin on what the classic medieval narration might be considered is encouraged. All right. I think it is now time to let the voice actors do their work and for Joe and I to sit back and relax. All right. So Randy, if we could please have audition number one. As fresh snow blanketed the grounds of the kingdom, the white knight gazed out upon the sprawling valley, sighed to himself, and said, Ugh, I must be the loneliest knight in all of the land. All of a sudden, the white knight spotted a strange creature wandering up the snowy path towards him. As the distance between the knight and the creature shrank, he saw that it was a cow. Oh, who goes there? The white knight stammered. 
To his surprise, a gentle voice responded, It is I, Maria. A calf who has found herself far from home. All right, so that's our first read. Joe, what do you think? You know, I thought that this voice, voice number one, we'll call her, She's uh, pleasant, uh, she has a charming voice, and I believe she has acting ability. I think there's some acting in her background, and may even be some singing in her background as well, because I, I could hear that in her voice. Now, she has a clear distinction between the narrator and characters. Uh, she made this strange creature sound like a strange creature, and that was nice. That was a, a good touch right there. But I felt like the line that she said uh, is the distance between the night and the creature shrank. You know, but she said the distance between the night and the creature shrank. You know, so I think that you you've got some time there to play with this and make all the words count. And I'd like to uh, uh, I would have liked for her to explain the this and that the this being the night the that being the creature. And the additional thing was shrank. So since there's really no time slots on this, you don't, you're not under the gun to get this out in 10 seconds. You know, they take the time to make all the words breathe. She said, to his surprise, ta, ta his surprise, to his surprise. Just remember, it doesn't take any longer to say to than ta. And that's not, this is not a huge point. I can tell this young lady could be, be easily directed. A producer, a director knows they've got something to work with here. They know that the, this is a talented person. A good job in making the cow sound lonely too. Because the story is that these two characters are lonely. But they're going to become best friends. They're going to become less lonely. They're going to be taking up some time with each other. So that's good. I like the way she made the cow sound lonely too. Now, I did notice that um, she could add more uh, volume to her overall audio level. It seemed a little bit low. And I noticed that in between uh, breaks, uh, she was using complete silence. And so when it goes to complete silence, it kind of tricks the, the listening ear that something's wrong here. It went to complete black, you know, instead of using room tone. So that, w I that would be a recommendation for her to, to do that. Wow, that's, that's amazing feedback. And I hope that um, the, uh, this voice artist we just heard is, is really happy with what she has heard because it was a really great performance. Mm -hmm. There's just little tiny nuance here and there to pay attention yeah. to. Yeah. And um, yeah, you mentioned something interesting as you were talking there, Joe, about just, you know, and if this person were directed, like if she were under some direction, then I'm sure that she'd be able to do, you know, uh, those changes quite easily. Mm -hmm. So um, I know a lot of audiobooks are recorded remotely. You know, talent often do the audiobooks from their own homes now. Um, that said, it wasn't too long ago that audiobooks were recorded almost primarily in a, in a studio, like yes. what, where you might be working there. So mm -hmm. um, could you tell us a bit more about when Talent began to record audiobooks from home without having the benefit of the direction? You know, during the 90s, I would mostly, I, I, everybody would go to a studio during the 90s and probably even the early 2000s. But eventually, uh, like 2000 six, seven, eight, right around there, the, the big transition started to happen. And I noticed that a, a couple of the voiceover production facilities downtown Nashville were noticing a huge drop-off 
because people were starting to record at home. And it was a matter of um, potential buyers being able to uh, choose a talent where the audio was being recorded in their home studio and they were saving money on not going to a voiceover production facility. And I would say, always say that it, it sure would be great to go downtown and do a, do a spot or an audio book in, in a professional studio. Uh, but if you can make your own home facility sound that good, then there's not going to be a reason for you to have to. And if they can use you out of your own home studio, that's what the buyers will do. Now, that's great. And especially now, given you know different um, COVID-related reasons, people can't necessarily go into the studio as that's we've true. experienced. And uh, I know that the uh, on-camera world is being affected by this greatly, obviously more than, than the voiceover world is. Uh, so, But with audiobook production, I can only imagine that there are certain challenges where talent who were used to going into a studio are now having to learn how to become a producer as well. Mm -hmm. And that's challenging for some people. Uh, I think technology has made uh, recording at home easier than it was at first because now there are simple programs like Audacity and Twisted Wave that could be just a one channel, a single mono channel. That's all you have to record and get off to the production company because they take care of the rest. Wow. All right. Well, those are those are pearls of wisdom. That's what that is. So we're going to move to audition number two and listen to what this voice actor decided to do. As fresh snow blanketed the grounds of the kingdom, the white knight gazed out upon the sprawling valley, sighed to himself, and said, I must be the loneliest knight in all of the land. All of a sudden, the white knight spotted a strange creature wandering up the snowy path towards him, as the distance between the knight and the creature shrank, he saw that it was a cow. Who goes there? The white knight stammered. To his surprise, a gentle voice responded. It is I, Maria, a calf who has found herself far from home. Okay. Uh, you know, I want to listen to the first sentence As again. fresh snow blanketed the grounds of the kingdom. All right. So I, I feel like she also has a very pleasant voice. Uh, she's uh, directable, uh, nice texture to her voice. But she said, as fresh snow blanketed the grounds of the kingdom. You know, it sounds, uh, it sounds a little red, like there's some reading going on there. So as, as the fresh snow blanketed the grounds of the kingdom, you know, if you can paint that picture, because now for the, for the listener, you're kind of painting a picture of where they're going. And it's a lovely area. So you might as well take the time to make it sound lovely as it is. Okay. So there was just a little bit too much reading going on there. I felt like she did have some uh, clear contact with the characters. There was a difference from the narration to the characters. And that was perfect. It was, it was very nice. Now, there's a couple of things that I've got to say about this particular uh, number two. Now, the volume, out of all seven that were submitted here, the volume on the audio levels on this particular audition were way too low. See, if you send in an audition where everybody else's volume levels are where they're supposed to be, and then the uh, people who are listening to the auditions have to crank the volume up to hear it, uh, that's, that's not good for you uh, because they want to know that you're able to send proper signals to your software at home uh, when they're dealing with you for an actual project. So I would 
my biggest suggestion for her is to uh, send a stronger signal to your software. And I would say work a little bit more on the acting, the acting end of this, because I would like to hear a little bit more of the characters uh, coming to life in here. But it was it was good. I know she's directable. And that's often like a question someone will ask is, can I work with this talent? And unless you're putting your whole self out there, mm-hmm. then people in the director's chair, the casting seat, they won't know whether or not that's all you've got. So is it uh, an approach that, oh, it's it's a fairy tale. I, I must treat it more delicately and, and be more quiet and, and whimsical. Like, I'm just wondering, like, because I haven't, I don't know what everyone else has done so far with their reads uh, down the line, and we will hear those. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it makes me wonder, Joe, if, if there's like a pitfall that people can fall into <laughs> when they go to read uh, a script like this for an audiobook when it's a fairy tale. Is, is there a common mistake that yeah. people make when they do this? I, I believe there is, Stephanie. I think the common mistake is, especially new talent, well, even people that have been in this for five or six years, they'll, they're constantly wondering what the, uh, the buyer wants. You know, so should I do it like this? Should I do it like that? Should I do it like this? Well, you can constantly uh, go after, um, gee, I don't know. What do you think they think? You know, but that's not going to get you anywhere. You have to give it your best from the start. Give them your best performance. Now, one of the key words in, in here was that uh, they wanted to hear a whimsical narrator. But, but I haven't heard a whimsical narrator yet. I, I don't think we have one in all of these auditions. We're talking about the, the snow falling on the land throughout the kingdom. So what would whimsical be? You know, if you could get the narrator up, you know, you can bring the characters up too. So whimsical is the key though. Yeah, so, and you've shown us through some of the uh, examples that you've provided how you would have wanted to hear something read, you've shown us an element of what that whimsical quality is. What sort of things should they be doing with their voice and what kind of inflection might someone have who is speaking whimsically? All right. So, um, you know, I think of Aunt Clara from uh, Bewitched from years and years ago. She was whimsical. Uh, she would always, uh, ha- she had these thing with doorknobs and stuff. Oh, oh, you know, she all ha- had that kind of thing going on all the time, you know. What if you tried like something like that with the narrator? Um, a fresh snow blanketed the grounds of the kingdom. Uh, I would say in this particular case, don't look at yourself as the narrator because the narrator is a character too. They just told you that narrator needed to be whimsical. Yes, but I'm not whimsical. Well, you need to get rid of your eye disease and become someone else, become another character. And you can find so many different characters in the range of your voice, too. And because of my, my musical background, I may do some uh, vocal stretches uh, that la, 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 la. Oh, hey, I found a voice up here. You know, I've got one here. La, 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 la. Oh, la, I've got one. I found another one down here. Now I need to give that character, uh, you know, I need to give that character an attitude so that the attitudes are as extreme as the vocal levels. Yeah, I wonder how many people actually think about giving a character an attitude because they're just so focused on seeing what that creative direction is and like, oh, well, I have to sound this, I need this accent, I should be about this age. Uh, But sometimes when people are doing auditions, um, especially online when they have so many that they're trying to figure out, well, which one should I do first and all this, um, they might not give themselves the time needed to kind of figure out 
a little of that, that digging the backstory of what to do, but how can you kind of prepare yourself for success um, as a character creator when you're just constantly auditioning and, and you, uh, you need to make that time to build that muscle? Well, uh, that's part of interpreting the copy. Because if you're looking at the copy and you find out what the story is, okay, now this character here, how old is this character? What's his name? Is he married? Does he have children? He's got three kids. Yes, he's married. Are they happily married? You know, what's his wife's name? What are his kids' names? See, the more specific you can get with your character, the better your read's going to be. Because the more you're going to be coming from that character's perspective. So I think that if you're looking at a brand new script, you know, what's the attitude of the narrator? The narrator's a story too, but they're also a character. How old is the narrator? What's his name? You know, if you say to yourself, I wouldn't say this, I don't talk like that. Great. Don't be you. Yeah. I think people often tend to believe that the narrator is boring or the narrator must be boring because it's the characters that should stand out, right? Or, or I shouldn't bias the story somehow because I'm, I'm meant to be this omniscient, not taking part in the actual events. You know, I'm telling the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. Like, I guess in, in a setting like this, one has a little more freedom or liberty to go ahead and, and to create that character because it was asked for. And I yes. think that's a big difference is when someone asks you to create something, um, you know, in this case, whimsical, they're giving you permission yeah. And for an artist, sometimes that's like, you need to hear that. Someone needs to say, yeah, this is this is what I want you to do. And I've mm-hmm. given you a bit of a roadmap. You figure out how you're going to get there. But here's your boundaries. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, just, just show me what you got. Exactly. I have so many students that I said, look, take an acting class. Because my friend Alan Dysert that you mentioned earlier, uh, he has the actor's school in Franklin, uh, Franklin, Tennessee, which is just down the road from here, uh, Nashville. And so I said, you need to take an acting class because there's a reason they call this voice acting. You know, there's a degree of acting that goes into this. And most voice actors that are getting into voice acting have never had a, a, an acting class. What we were just talking about, an improv class helps you to think quicker on your feet too and to come up with characters and attitudes much faster. So if you've never had any acting background, I would suggest you take an acting class. Oh my goodness. Wow. Like I'm I'm just really glad that we are looking for a non-boring narrator and <laughs> that we can have some more fun with these auditions. And speaking of which, we are going to listen to audition number three. As fresh snow blanketed the grounds of the kingdom, the white knight gazed out upon the sprawling valley, sighed to himself, and said, I must be the loneliest knight in all of the land. All of a sudden, the white knight spotted a strange creature wandering up the snowy path towards him. As the distance between the knight and the creature shrank, he saw that it was a cow. Uh, Who goes there? The white knight stammered. To his surprise, a gentle voice responded. It is I, Maria, a calf who has found herself far from home. Nice. Uh, nice read. Uh, good storyteller. Um, I would like for the uh, narrator to be a little more whimsical because uh, he's, he's, he's a good storyteller, but uh, they did ask for that whimsicalness. So uh, I think in the up at front, on the front end, could have made the white knight sound a little more special. You, kinda, you don't want to breeze through white knight because he's the star of the show. 
make him stand out a little bit more. Now, uh, let's see. More distance between the knight and the creature. Uh, We talked about that before for one of these other uh, pieces here because I want to separate them. The uh, distance between the knight and the creature. Okay, Instead of the distance between the knight and the creature. That's, that's a little bit of reading right there. And uh, I, I would like to have a little bit more of the a surprise of the discovery of the cow. You know, it was a cow. You know, like, what? You know, and as it turns out later on, it finds out, I guess, she's a magical. Well, it has to be a magical cow. She's talking. Okay, so let's see. Uh, oh, and to his surprise, too. I, I think he said ta. Yeah. To his surprise. You know, and surprise should be more surprising. So make it sound more surprising. Uh, Made the calf sound as lonely as the night. Good job. That was nice. And again, you know, this is someone else who has uh, acting ability. It's very directable. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of good stuff here. Yeah, I enjoyed his read. Mm -hmm. I thought that, like, I was having fun when I was listening to it. So yeah. I think that that's a big part of your job as a mm-hmm. voice actor is uh, to to really make the person on the other end feel like they're enjoying what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So um, I did like that. Um, everyone will have their own opinions. Anyone sitting in a, a chair like how Joe is now or how I am um, as we're listening, they're completely subjective opinions. And we're both going to find things that we like and things that we might change or things that are just, you know, uh, just different ideas, right? And, and yeah. there's there's really no wrong interpretation. I mm-hmm. think it's just kind of what does the script call for? You know, what what do we need to have um, to, to give, I guess, the best delivery of the author's intent? And, and the only other thing I noticed out of the, this actor was that uh, they were using complete silence between the the breaks again. Again, it's so important to do room tone. When I start a project, I'll just be quiet and I'll record about five seconds of room tone. That's what the room sounds like when you're not saying anything. And so when you use complete silence, it goes to nothing. It goes to nothingness. And if somebody's listening on headphones especially, it drops down to nothing. You want to hear that they're still in the room. Hey, they left the room for a half a second. Now they're back. So be sure to use room tone. He had excellent audio levels other than that, though. Yes, and very entertaining. I must yes, say. I, I yes. I was thoroughly entertained, so thank you, whoever yeah. you are. That was wonderful. So now we have audition number four. As fresh snow blanketed the grounds of the kingdom, the white knight gazed out upon the sprawling valley, sighed to himself, and said, I must be the loneliest knight in all of the land. All of a sudden, the white knight spotted a strange creature wandering up the snowy path towards him. As the distance between the knight and the creature shrank, he saw that it was a cow. Who goes there? The white knight stammered. To his surprise, a gentle voice responded. It is I, Maria, a calf who has found herself far from home. Aww. (laughs) <laughs> see, see the calf, she sounded as, as lonely as he did. Really a very pleasant, charming voice with acting ability again. Uh, very directable. Uh, could have made the white knight stand out or be a little more special in that front line. Uh, but it's not that anything that she did was wrong. 
It's just that the uh, producer, the director, may have another way he wants her to do certain things. And she's certainly directable, so that could happen. He had a really good stammer. Like, uh, you know, when, <laughs> they, when they said that he, he stammered, you know, uh, he stammered very well. Uh, to his surprise, surprise could be a little more surprising. Uh, good lonely calf. Let's see, good audio levels, though they could come up just a bit. Uh, however, the room, her room sounds really good. The quality was good. Yeah, she had a lovely read. And um, I just wanted to ask you, because now we've heard, I think that's three women, three women narrating. So, um, Joe, whenever uh, there's a female narrator and she needs to voice a male character, mm -hmm. what are some tips that you could give um, the, the women who are listening now for how to sound, you know, to give life to this white knight, you know, to have a, a kind of a more masculine sort of, I guess, his, his, he's a guy. Yeah. <laughs> They've got to make him sound a bit different from if they're going to be Maria the cow. So um, what are a few things that women should keep in mind as they narrate male characters? Well, you know, she did a great job on that. And actually, that was a note that I had. I'm glad you reminded me of that. It was the attitude. The attitude is what takes her to that area for him. Uh, obviously, uh, she knows the difference between male and female <laughs> because she went right there with him. She, she was where she needed to be. She was in the timber, in the zone, and uh, the attitude was just right for him. And then the attitude was just right for the lonely calf at the end as well. Yeah, and on the other side of the coin, we've had the gentleman reading too, and, mm -hmm. and they've had to voice Maria. Who is That's a cow true. and a female. So what can the gentleman do to um, to essentially create that voice in a believable way that we believe this is indeed a, a female cow? You know, there's a, a, a fine line where you can cross over and make your characters, because uh, not all audiobooks is going to call for a talking cow. Uh, it could just be a, a couple having a conversation with each other. So the narrator, it has to go from the narrator to the guy and to the woman and back to the narrator again. But what's the attitude of the guy? Well, he's kind of gruff and he's been, you know, he's been around the world a few times. And when he comes home, he goes, honey, I'm home, you know. And uh, she, let's say this is 1950s. She's a homemaker and she's been vacuuming the house. Oh, honey, I'm so glad you're here. You know, just soften the voice. I'm not going that far out of my timber. But to take on that other character, you just have to feel her presence. It's attitude first, then the character will come. I think that's one of our takeaways. We're going to be putting that in the show notes for everyone. So it's attitude first, then the character will come. So why don't we listen now to audition number five? As fresh snow blanketed the grounds of the kingdom, the white knight gazed out upon the sprawling valley, sighed to himself and said, I must be the loneliest knight in all of the land. All of a sudden, the white knight spotted a strange creature wandering up the snowy path towards him. As the distance between the knight and the creature shrank, he saw that it was a cow. Who goes there? The white knight stammered. To his surprise, a gentle voice responded, It is I, Maria. A calf who has found herself far from home. Good, good. That was also uh, another nice performance. It, it seemed to be a little too fast overall. You have to remember that when you're doing a narration, for example, I, I do a lot of corporate narration for Boeing Aviation and uh, Coca-Cola. I noticed that 
out of one of the first narrations I was doing that what I w- what was happening was that the tempo from the beginning to the end was the same. And so I'm, I started to look for places to slow it down to add an entertainment value to the script. And in this particular uh, read, he had, by the way, he had excellent levels, a good presentation. I noticed in the front, it was going so fast that he said, side to himself and said, and, and it sounded like S-I-D-E to himself and said, side to himself and said, side, you know, side to himself and said. If we could hear that D on side, you know, that could that could help. One way to get that out would be to slow it down. Uh, the knight's first line, his first line of the night took too long. Uh, I felt like the narrator should have actually been the knight. Oh. Uh, and um, that attitude that the narrator had telling the story should have been the knight's position. And the narrator could have been, then that way he could have made the narrator more whimsical. Because I think the guy's got the ability to do this. He sounds like he does. That's all I've got. How about you, Steph? Yeah, well, I liked the tone of his voice. It sounded very fresh and that he could connect with a younger audience for sure. Like it, he had a, a bit of a youthfulness to his voice, mm, Yeah, um, which I think that the, the younger listeners might be like, oh, uh-huh. you know, someone kind of more like, like me possibly right and so as i was listening i just thought okay like i see how this is connecting here and then it, my thoughts immediately went to how um sometimes you'll say oh it sounds like they're reading and i thought huh well obviously everyone who submitted for this didn't realize that they sounded like they were reading so what is a telltale sign that a voice actor can you know go back and review their audition or whatever for to know whether or not they sound like they're reading or whether they're you know painting the words i think you can hear it when you're reading it if if you're practicing at home read your scripts out loud get off in a corner read your newspaper articles um whatever articles you have your your letters from whatever you've got in the mail read it out loud make it sound conversational and practice with it until you say, now, do I sound conversational or do I sound like I'm reading? Just practice, 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 practice. Awesome. Okay, so we are going to listen now to audition number six. As fresh snow blanketed the grounds of the kingdom, the white knight gazed out upon the sprawling valley, sighed to himself, and said, I must be the loneliest knight in all of the land. All of a sudden, the white knight spotted a strange creature wandering up the snowy path towards him. As the distance between the knight and the creature shrank, he saw that it was a cow. Who goes there? The white knight stammered. To his surprise, a gentle voice responded. It is I, Maria, a calf who has found herself far from home. He even gave the calf a little accent right there. That was kind of cute. We don't know what accent that was, but that doesn't matter. It was it was cute. Yeah, he's a good storyteller. Good on strange creature. Uh, good characters. He lays out a, a good, clear uh, scene of fresh snow. I like how he, he painted the image for us over the area we were going into. Uh, nice, sprawling valley. Uh, good actor. Okay, but here's, here's my critique. Uh, see, the sound of this audio sounds a, a little boxy. 
the room, the mic combination, uh, he could really improve probably picking up auditions and gaining more jobs because I don't feel like the uh, he's found the microphone that loves him yet. You know, I didn't find the microphone that loved me until a couple of years ago because I thought it was my Neumann U87 for years. Uh, I've had it for years and years. And I thought that was my mic. That's the one that loved me. But then I found the uh, Sennheiser 416 loved me even more. But, you know, he's far too good an actor to not compliment his voice with uh, better uh, surrounding and microphone. And say that is a highly paid compliment. Like I hope that whoever that was is is not offended in any way, yeah. shape, or form about yeah. the um, the audio comments there, because like your voice is amazing and it's it's unique and it's lovely mm-hmm. and all it needs is as you say the mic that loves you. You know, once a, a well a couple of years ago, a friend of mine came in to do a session and he brought his four sixteen with him. He says, Joe, you need to try this mic. I said, Okay. Oh my gosh! When I played it back, I th- I could not believe that uh, I was just I was so impressed with me <laughs> <laughs> that I just loved the way this this microphone sounded. I said I thought that was my mic, and um, I was just taken aback because it was a complete surprise to me. But I think when you find the mic that really loves you, you'll know it. Now there are some mics out there that are very good in the three hundred dollar range. And see, a $300 microphone might be the microphone that you're going to sound the best on for the rest of your life. Uh, You don't have to go out and buy a $3,600 microphone, but you don't have to be really cheap about it either. We've got our seventh audition waiting in the wings. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, let's tee it up. This is audition number seven. As fresh snow blanketed the grounds of the kingdom, the white knight gazed out upon the sprawling valley, sighed to himself, and said, I must be the loneliest knight in all of the land. All of a sudden, the white knight spotted a strange creature wandering up the snowy path towards him. As the distance between the knight and the creature shrank, he saw that it was a cow. Who goes there? The white knight stammered. To his surprise, a gentle voice responded. It is I, Maria, a calf who has found herself far from home. All right, good. Uh, Lots of energy. Uh, I felt a little too quick to lay out the scene. A lot of it was pretty fast. Um, I, I get the sense that he was feeling like he had a, a, a time frame to work within and that he just had to get it out. Uh, but you can tell he's got acting ability. He's He's got some great personality. Um, I, I felt like uh, there wasn't there wasn't feeling for the strange creature. He just said there was a strange creature, but the strange creature didn't feel strange. Um, the distance between the two is too fast. Uh, not bad on uh, discovery of the cow, but I felt like there could have been a little bit. Uh, it was a cow. You know, like, what? I'd like to have a little bit more of that. Maria doesn't have enough of her own personality in this particular read. Um, so it needs to you need to create a better attitude for her and soften her voice somewhat to give her more of a feminine type of a angle. Although it was uh, it was a good performance from all seven of these uh, these people, uh, every one of them could be directed. But I've got a couple of favorites. Oh well, let's see what what have you got? 
I really liked number one and number four. And I also gave a star to number three. But I would have to give, I'm going to have to say number four was my pick today. Oh, wow. Number four. Well, congratulations. This is fabulous. And as we recall, that is one of the ladies. So, uh, Randy, if you wouldn't mind, please play for us again audition number four. As fresh snow blanketed the grounds of the kingdom, the white knight gazed out upon the sprawling valley, sighed to himself, and said, I must be the loneliest knight in all of the land. All of a sudden, the white knight spotted a strange creature wandering up the snowy path towards him. As the distance between the knight and the creature shrank, he saw that it was a cow. Who goes there? The white knight stammered. To his surprise, a gentle voice responded. It is I, Maria, a calf who has found herself far from home. You know, at the end, she says, uh, far, when she said far from home, Far from home. She had this little kind of airy thing on the end, too. And I think that when that comes out, some people will say, yeah, is that good or is that bad? I say, it's good if you've got control of it because you can use it when you need it. Perfect. Wow. Well, this has been a great show. I know I've learned a lot, and I hope you have, too. And, Joe, people really ought to know how to get a hold of you. So what is the best way that they can do that? Well, you can go to joelesh.com, and that's uh, J-O-E-L-O-E-S-C-H.com. I've got videos there about my workshops, uh, what it is that I do. Uh, You can just go through there and and check all of that out. Plus, my my coaching rates are there, and uh, I'd love to hear from you. Or you can just send me an email to joelesh at icloud.com. Fabulous. I think that there will be many people just furiously typing out your email (laughs) address about now and in your website and looking to see what kind of uh, workshops or classes or ways of getting in touch with you to learn that there are. So thank you again for being on the show, Joe. It was an absolute pleasure. I enjoyed it so much. And I I miss seeing you at uh, conventions and places around the world. It's always just so much fun to run into you. Oh, well, to the next time and whenever that happens, we'll be so ready for it. Excellent. So that's today's show for Mission Audition. I'm Stephanie Cicerelli. You can find all of the scripts that you've heard on the show on the Voices.com blog. Simply go to Voices.com slash blog. And if you'd like to continue the conversation online, you can do that. We have a hashtag Mission Audition. Be sure to tag it, join the conversation and let us know what you enjoyed about the show. Thank you again for tuning in. I'm Stephanie Cicerelli. We'll see you next time.